Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. Church, if you want your life to be changed in 2020 or any time for that matter, let this become your system. You need to spend time with God. You need to get alone with God. You need to allow God to direct your steps and not just when it's convenient for you. You might have to learn how to say no to some things so you can say yes to God. You might have to give up some worldly things so that you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But can I tell you, this system is worth having in your life. This is a system that will ultimately change the course of your life. These things, what they do in your life is they serve as a constant and consistent reminder that He is my source and that He is my provider. We are totally and utterly dependent upon one Jesus Christ. And this system just every day, it goes to that point of, hey, we need to face Jesus. Hey, we need to look back to Jesus. Hey, we need to look to Jesus. Hey, we need to talk to Jesus. Why? Because He is my source. While you're still standing, Daniel chapter 6, I want to read one verse of scripture uh, for you today. Uh, Daniel 6 and verse 10. Amen. The Bible says, now when Daniel knew that the writing uh, was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Amen. He gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And I just want to talk to us uh, on the next in the next little bit, sticking kind of uh, with the theme of last week. Last week we talked about small decisions, uh, and this week I want to talk about small disciplines. Small disciplines, and you may be seated this morning. I have a cough drop in my mouth right now, and I'm going to really try for it not to go flying. For those of you who are on the front row, you are brave. You are very brave. Um, kind of just to touch base uh, from last week. Um, again, we talked about we talked about small decisions and the power that um, small decisions have on our on our lives we talked about habits um, and why our habits matter and this week I just want to I want to kind of get a little bit more specific uh, with this subject to bring up a quote from last week before we totally jump in today on why habits matter uh, we asked that last week and the answer was um, because successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally and that's why habits matter. And so what I, what I want to do to just sort of, sort of start the message today, um, and is I want to ask you to think about your last normal day. All right. Your last normal day. If you work, what did you do at the beginning of your work day? All right. You may say, Bryce, but I'm a, I'm a stay at home parent. That's a job and you need a raise. All right. Did I hear one amen? I should have heard everybody say amen. All right? Whatever you did on your last normal day, think about what you did when you woke up. Here's what I know. The odds are very, very high 
that what you did on that day was similar to what you did on the normal day before that. In other words, if your alarm woke up, woke you up that day, you probably were awakened by your alarm the day before. Or if you just normally get up with no alarm, you probably got up on the day before with no alarm because you, what you did the day before, it's similar to the next day and the next. Does that make sense? You probably got up, you probably went to the restroom, and then you probably did something like, uh, like you did the day before. Maybe you checked social media, maybe you checked your email, maybe you read your Bible, maybe you do a little workout, perhaps, perhaps make some coffee, praise the Lord. Uh, maybe you made some food that morning. You probably took a shower, which is good, or else you're probably not employed if you don't. All right, you probably got to work a similar way as you did the day before. You probably worked with the same people, did similar things. You probably got home the same way. If you drove home, which is very scary because you probably don't even remember the drive home, you just all of a sudden, oh, I'm home. Anybody ever done that before? You're just like, it. okay, man, Brother Warren, call you out for that. No, but it's kind of like automatically we got home. And you probably had a normal evening routine. You might work out in the evening or you might go do fast food normally or you might cook the meal um, and then gripe at everybody that didn't help you cook the meal or, or clean up when dinner was over. All right. You might have a normal routine with your kids. You might put your kids, uh, for those of you parents in the, in the room, you might put your kids in the bathtub. One always escapes and you go and you find that kid and you throw them back in the bathtub. This is the normal routine and it looks similar to the day before. I don't know what your day is like. I don't know what your routine is like, but chances are it was pretty similar to the day before. In fact, if you're following along, maybe if you're taking notes, I want maybe to put this in your mind and you're thinking this morning. Most of what you normally do isn't a result of conscious choices, but it's a result of daily habits. Daily habits. Much of what you do every single day is not just a result of a decision that you make, but it is of a habit that you already have in your life. In fact, Duke University did a study in 2006, and what they found is that 40% of the actions that you take in any given day are not a result of decisions, but are a result of habits. 40% of what you do every single day is a result of habits. So that is why if you want to change where you're going in life, if you want to change your life, if you want to change who you're becoming in life, the answer is we have to change our habits. Amen? 
All right. Last week we talked about the reality that, that many people have similar goals. And think about it. All of us in the room, we all want good relationships. All of us in the room, I would say, uh, again, last week, as I said, that if we were to survey the room, most of us would say the same thing over and over again. We want to be healthy. We want to eat right. We want to have financial freedom. Nobody really desires to drown themselves in debt. All right. Most of us have the same goals. But yet a lot of the, the, the results are dramatically different. And we talked about why, why that is. And the answer was because your goals is not what determines your success, but is, is the systems in your life that determine success. We referenced the quote and I absolutely love it. It is you don't rise to the level of your goals, but you fall to the level of your systems. And so today I want to talk about systems from a spiritual perspective, and I'm going to show you a powerful example in scripture, and it is a guy who had a system, or we could say he had one habit that helped shape him to become the person that God wanted him to become. We took a brief look at him last week, and this week I want to look and get a little bit more detailed in his life. His name is Daniel. And when you think of Daniel, most people, if you grew up in church and you remember in Sunday school, you remember it was Daniel that was in the lion's den. And you know, that's pretty impressive if to have the kind of faith to stand down lions and survive. You know, that's, that's, we could stop there and we could just like say this, this guy is amazing. Uh, that what a warrior he is to have the strength to stare down lions and, 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 and come out and, and, and and still have life. What an amazing feat that is. But to me, what's also really impressive is there were, the Bible talks about 120 young leaders who stood out in the nation. And of the 120 top leaders, Daniel stood out amongst all of them as having exceptional qualities. In fact, here's what the scripture says in Daniel 6 and 3. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Did you catch that? The whole realm. The whole kingdom. This man, Daniel. Why? Why in the world would it be this guy? Why would it be Daniel? Why was Daniel one of the ones who stood out? What was it that made him who he was? And I know the Bible mentions that he had an excellent spirit, but what exactly was that? Maybe, maybe he had great leadership skills. Uh, maybe he was good relationally. We, we don't know exactly what it was, but there was something in the life of Daniel that caused this man to stand out amongst 120 top people around him. What was it? Let me give you a little backstory. All right, first of all, he became popular with the king. All right. The king liked him. He, he's going to get promoted. There were a lot of people, though, at that time that did not like Daniel. 
How many know that any time that you rise in success, you're going to have people that don't like you? All right? You're going to have some some enemy rise up. Okay, they're getting a little bit too successful. They're getting a little bit too out, uh, far too out ahead of me. All right? We're always going to have that. All right? Don't let that slow you down. And so he had these guys who didn't like him. And so his enemies decided to try and take him down. They looked for any kind of weakness, any kind of flaw in his character, any kind of defect so that they could trip him up. But you know what happened? They didn't find anything. They had a problem finding a problem with Daniel. Scripture says it's in verse four that then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Oh, they tried. They tried uh, to get a little dirt on him, but they came up short. They couldn't find any corruption in him because he was trustworthy, as the Bible says, and he was faithful. So what they wanted to do is they wanted to trip him up, and they couldn't find a problem. They couldn't find a flaw. They couldn't find a weakness. And so they determined that the only way we can trip up this guy is to do something about his God. This guy is so into his God that that's the only chance we have of getting him to make some kind of mistake. So what they did is they tricked the king into issuing a decree that if anyone prays to anyone except the king in the next 30 days, that they would have to be thrown into the lion's den. And so Daniel stood out. He was so distinguished among the 120 top leaders. He was the one that rose to the top. What was it that made him who he was? I would argue that it was his system. It was the system of Daniel. It was one very small habit that over time shaped who he was as a man. It shaped his identity and it gave him confidence to be who God created him to be. Let me show you what his system was. We ran it, read it in our text, Daniel 6 and 10. When Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God. Don't miss it. Here comes the system. It's coming. Are you ready for it right here? He gave thanks to God just as he had done before. What did Daniel do? He gave thanks to God just as he had done the day before and the day before and the day before. This was his system. Not once a day, not twice a day, but three times a day. Not when it was convenient, not when it was easy, not when Walmart had grocery pickup. All right, you still with me? <laughs> but every single day, he stopped, he sought God, and he listened for the voice of God. 
He brought his burdens before God. He petitioned to God. He let God direct his steps three times a day as he had done before. He prioritized his life around devoted time with his heavenly father. Church, if you want your life to be changed in 2020 or any time for that matter, let this become your system. You need to spend time with God. You need to get alone with God. You need to allow God to direct your steps and not just when it's convenient for you. You might have to learn how to say no to some things so you can say yes to God. You might have to give up some worldly things so that you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But can I tell you, this system is worth having in your life. This is a system that will ultimately change the course of your life. And it's worth it. This system is worth it. What did Daniel do? He lived a habit. He lived a system. Fellowship. Intimacy with God. One small discipline. What I would say to you is this. Never underestimate how God can start something big through one small habit. Never underestimate how God can take one small act and do something supernatural with it. Never underestimate what God might do, something special, something powerful, something that impacts a lot of people that starts with one single small act of obedience. God loves to take small acts of faithfulness and do something special through those things. You need to hear this this morning. I'm telling you, those small habits that sometimes you think are insignificant and unimportant, not even worthy to mention, you sometimes times think that they go unnoticed they might go unnoticed to the person sitting next to you but my God hasn't missed anything he takes notice of the times when you say no in order to say yes to him he takes notice of the times you say no to social media and yes to prayer and yes to fasting and yes to reading your Bible he takes notice when a person chooses him over the things of this world he takes notice when we choose his voice over society so don't say it doesn't matter Don't underestimate what God can do through one small act of obedience. Here's the the deal. I, I know there are people that have a desire to be close to God. They have a desire to be better followers of Christ. But hear me, it does not happen without small disciplines in your life. It does not happen. Nobody just simply stumbles into relationship with God. There is never a time where it's just, you know what? I was just, I was just sitting here and uh, I was listening to Phillips, Craig and Dean and bam, I'm in relationship with God. Yes, I'm old enough to know who Phillips, Craig, and Dean is. 
Some of you are old enough to know their first names. <laughs> you know. It, it doesn't happen by accident. All right? Nobody accidentally becomes full of spiritual strength, full of power, full of faith, but it happens through what? Small disciplines. It happens through having a spiritual system. You know what that system is? Here's what, here's what I believe the system is or part of the system. Let me just sum it up by this. I'll give you a list, but I want to sum it up by this. Followers of Christ follow Christ. And that's deep, Brother Jones. Followers of Christ follow Christ. What, what does this system look like? We pray. We fast. We witness. We worship. We're not hearers of the word. We're doers of the word. We tithe. This is the system. These things, what they do in your life is they serve as a constant and consistent reminder that he is my source and that he is my provider. We are totally and utterly dependent upon one Jesus Christ. And this system just every day, it goes to that point of, hey, we need to face Jesus. Hey, we need to look back to Jesus. Hey, we need to look to Jesus. Hey, we need to talk to Jesus. Why? Because he is my source. He's my provider. Yes. Every good and perfect gift. Yes. Years ago, I decided for myself that, that church is a priority. Yes. All right? I decided, hey, if there's church, Bryce is at church. All right? I said, this is a, this is a priority. I decided a long time ago church was a priority. That's how Mallory was raised also. Church is a priority. So when we get together, guess what? Church is still a priority. All right? I promise you, there has never one time been a conversation in our house where anyone has ever asked the question, are we going to church today? Are we, are we going to church this weekend? Because that is not something that we talk about. Because that's what we do. We are people of God and it is a priority to us to be in His house and worship Him. It's a priority. It's our system. I was reading an article recently about the power of habits and the writer mentioned this idea of keystone habits, keystone habits. You see, we have habits everywhere in our lives, in our routines, in, in our relationships. We have habits. All right. But then there are these keystone habits. And what a keystone habit is, is it is a habit that leads to a cascade of, of other actions because of them. Does that make sense? All right, it's a, it's a keystone habit. Let me give you an example. When I work out, I find that I want to eat better. I find that I want to take care of myself better. I find that I want to choose healthy foods. I find that, that, that I, I, I get enough sleep at night. 
And then I find that when I'm awake, I'm a little bit more productive. I, I'm, I'm thinking a whole lot clearer. All right. Now, on the flip side, when I don't work out, all bets are off. All right. You could find me at the nearest drive through. You can find me calling both my friends, Ben and Jerry. We're, we're coming over and everybody's invited over to the house. All bets are off. All right. When I don't work out. In other words, fitness is the keystone habit that puts a good chunk of my life in place. Does that make sense? Keystone habits. What you'll do in your life is you will find there are certain habits that when you have them in place, they help propel you onto the other helpful God-honoring disciplines. Daniel stopped three times a day. This was his keystone habit that I promise you it brought other elements into his life that helped them who become who he was supposed to become. The presence of that one act, that one habit, would set Daniel apart three times a day he stopped to have intimate fellowship with God just as he has done before hear me again never underestimate how God might start something big something special through something very small one act of obedience if you were with us last week we said let's start a little different way this year Instead of starting with the do, what are we going to do this year? Why don't we start with the who? Who do we want to become? Who does God want me to be? Who am I supposed to be? A godly parent, a bold witness, a person who's healthy, whatever it is, we, we want to start with the who. I want to add another piece of application for you today. And here it is. Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? What one habit do you need to start? Based on who God is calling you to be, what is one small discipline that will help move you in that direction? And I want to tell you right now, it, 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 this is going to help you. It's better if it's not something too big. You know, we get ourselves in trouble when we try to eat the whole elephant at one time. We get ourselves in trouble, don't we? Don't start off with something too big. Don't write something that you know you can't attain. Something that we talked about last week that 94% of New Year's resolution in by Valentine's Day. Why? Because a lot of them are too lofty. Start small. Maybe it's something like, you know what? I'm not ever going to hit the snooze button again. Hey, you. He said it before he gave me the mic. Miracles are still happening. <laughs> 
Okay, maybe it's something small like that. That might be something big for, you know, some of you. Maybe it's like, I'm never going to hit the alarm again. Listen, I believe that you can do all things through Christ. Amen? So get up and move on with your day, all right? Hey, I hit snooze. Don't, I, I'm preaching to myself here, all right? It could be incredibly small. You might say, you know what? I'm going to read my Bible before social media. I'm going to read my Bible before Instagram, before Facebook, before Twitter. I'm going to get in the Word before those things. Before I pull up those things, I'm going to do my daily devotion or I'm going to pray with my kids before they go to bed. Just one simple, small discipline. What do you do based on who you want to become? You may say, I want to be a person that cares about others. So for you, maybe whatever that is, what one small thing can you help propel you in that direction? I want to be a person, Bryce, that's organized. Well, maybe you need to say, all right, every morning I'm going to get up and I want to make my bed. What are you doing? You're telling yourself, I'm a disciplined person. I'm a disciplined person. I'm a disciplined person. One small discipline. You want to be a godly example to your family. So what do you do? Maybe you do a daily devotional reading with them. Sit down with them every day. There's a spiritual touch point that you experience it together. You want, maybe you want to be a person this year that's focused. Well, maybe take out a, take out your little note card and every day write three things. Maybe these are my three priorities and you do them every single day. Maybe you want to be a healthier person this year. What one habit? Maybe it's, okay, I'm going to walk three times a week for 20 minutes. Whatever it is. Based on who you want to become, what one new habit do you need to implement in your life? What new system do you want that will take you where God wants to take you? Now, some of you would say, Bryce, this year, you're, you're, you're saying systems and, and, uh, some of you would be like, you know what? I don't do systems. We all have systems. We all, oh, I don't do system, Bryce. You do systems. We all have systems. You either have systems by intent or by default, but you all, we all have systems. We all do. Everyone in this room has a system. Your system may be you hit snooze button four times, get up late, kick the cat, yell at the kids, drive like a maniac all the way to work with your hair still wet. So some people dodge from that comment. They're like, whoa, talking to the person behind me, right? We all have our systems. Maybe we arrive to work, we're grumpy all day. We come home, we eat our dinner, we lay in bed, and we feel guilty. You know what that is? It's a system. It's not a good one, but it's still a system. What new habit, based on who God wants you to become, do you need to create today? There's another thing that the writers talk about in the study of habits, and it's this. It's called the habit loop. Not fruit loops, habit loop. Let me show you how this plays out. This is what happens in, the, in, the, in everybody's life, this habit loop. There's something that will trigger you. There's a trigger, all right? 
You walk past the fridge, you're hungry, you're bored, you open up the fridge 45 times a day. No, I'm just kidding. Wait, that's me. There's a trigger, all right? You walk by, you're hangry, you're lonely. It's the end of the day, it's the beginning of the day. There's a trigger. And you know what that trigger does? It leads to an action, okay? Some sort of response to the trigger. Then you do the act. You eat the piece of cake. You pray with your kids. You sleep in later. You yell at somebody. You go back for a second hamburger. Whatever it is, there's an action in response to the trigger, okay? Then you get the reward. Trigger, action, reward. All right, you get the reward, the sugar rush, the pleasure, the extra seven minutes of sleep. And then you know what happens next? It goes back to the trigger. This is how habits are formed. Hear me right now. There's a trigger. We see something. We feel something. We have an emotion. We go to the same type of action. We get a similar type of reward. And then the process repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. So how do we start a new habit? Well, what we want to do is we want to make our trigger and the action be two things. This is going to be really simple. We want to make it two things. We want to make it obvious. Everybody say obvious. obvious. And we want to make it easy. It's very easy. Obvious and easy. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to make it obvious. And I want to help you today because, again, as I stated, as I stated this past Wednesday and the Sunday before, that we're in a time period right now where people are very open to change. Okay? You're very open to change and you want to change your life for the better. This is going to help you change your life for the better because you're creating a new habit, a small discipline in your life that's going to propel you into the being the person that God wants you to be. All right? Who wants to become what God wants them to become? Right? That's all of us in this room. We want our lives to, to be what it was designed to be. And outside of that design, you know what? We're always searching. We're constantly searching outside of that design. We want the perfect will of God for our life. This is going to help you and propel you and put you in that direction. All right. We want to make it really obvious. We want to make it easy. First thing, obvious. You want to make the trigger obvious, whatever it is. At maybe, maybe <clears throat> trying to give you an example. Maybe you, maybe this year you want to say, you know what, Bryce? I want to read more. Here's a, here's a good trigger obvious thing. Maybe take the book that you want to read and put it on your pillow at the beginning of the day. Then what happens when you get home, you see it and like, oh yeah, trigger, action, read, reward. Does that make sense? You make the trigger really obvious. You don't need to say, I'm going to read through the whole Bible this year. If you try that, you might be done by the third week of January. Maybe you're already done this January 5th or 6th, whatever it is. Instead, you might say this, simply say this year, I want to read one verse a day. Every single day, I want to read at least one verse. And you know what happens? You get a streak going. And here's my promise. If you do that for 25 days or so, you might just get an appetite to read two verses a day. Maybe three if you're feeling really crazy. 
You might get that appetite. One sentence, whatever it is. Maybe you want a journal. But what I'm saying is start small and let it grow from there. Maybe you want to journal a little bit more. Maybe start with one sentence just right there in the morning. Here's where I saw God work yesterday. Or here's what I need to do today. One sentence. And again, you might get carried away and write two sentences. If you're living on the edge. (laughs) Trying to have a little fun with you this morning. Maybe it's I want to get in better shape. Something like that. Maybe start, maybe, okay, do 10 push-ups. Oh, I can't do 10. Do five. Do one. Start small. Do something. Start small and see what happens. And what you are doing is you are building a system. Daniel would have said this. After I eat my breakfast, I pray. After I eat my lunch, I pray. After I eat dinner, I pray. I do this and I do this action. All right? That was his system. Small, simple acts of obedience. Why do we do this? Because again, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. People who are close to God, but they're not there by accident. They have small disciplines that draw them close to God. Small disciplines. There's discipline. There's a plan. There's a mindset. There's habits. People who are in shape, it doesn't just happen by eating fast food three times a day, but it takes a plan. It takes discipline. It takes exercise. It takes small disciplines consistently done over time. We all have similar goals as our music comes, but we have incredibly different results. I believe we don't have goal problems. We have system problems. We have habit problems. Again, what set Daniel apart? Three times a day, he met with God. Three times a day. Remember, we are asking the question, who do I want to become? Not what, but who? You know, a lot of times whenever we are setting goals, and I do this too, they talk about goals, there's, there's ends goals and there's means goal, goals. And a lot of times what you and I do is we, we write down and we want to do means goals, M-E-A-N-S, means goals. A mean is a goal that leads to something else. It's a means to an end. So how do you know if your life is full of those types of goals, Bryce? Because on the other side of your goal, there's always a so. Everybody say so. Let me give you an example. I want to get a good grade so that I can get a scholarship, so that I can go to college, so that I can get a good job, so that I can provide for my family, so that, so that. The problem is this, whenever there is a so on the other side of it, then happiness or fulfillment contentment they're always deferred to the future 
There's always something else out there. It's always in the future. And what I've realized is that instead of setting means goals, what I want to do is I want to set ends goals. It's not what I'm getting or where I'm going or what I'm doing, but who am I becoming? only end goal that ever seems to matter is if I become more like Christ. And if that becomes the driving force of your life, hear me, that success is not somewhere out there, but you can be successful when you're obedient to Him today. It's not some big results that's that's somewhere five years in the future. It's in a single act of faithfulness and obedience today. I am successful because I honored God now. So if there's always a so at the end of your goal, you're always going to be reaching for something. And my hope and my prayer today, based on who God wants you to become, what one small discipline, what one small act of obedience will you start today and then find joy in it? How can you honor God today? How can you please God today? Depending on how you choose and how you act, you could be a success story today. It's about consistency. Being consistent. I read an incredible post the other day. The guy wrote, he said, in 2020, I'll pray for greater consistency rather than greater power. Why? Because many have fallen away who are powerful but lack consistency. And he said these words, he said, it's really hard to backslide when you're carrying a cross every day. What is that? Consistency. One small discipline. I want to be consistent this year. As you stand with me. to be consistent today God I did what you asked me to do God I did what you called me to do it wasn't big it wasn't a big thing but I was faithful in the small things and guess what God's word says whenever you're faithful in small things God will trust you with the big things church be faithful to few and God will trust you with more but don't kid yourself you're not successful when you get more you're successful when you're faithful today you're successful when you're obedient today what small discipline can you implement today that can help propel you to become the person that God created you to be 
It's not meant for us to just be searching and searching. What's the purpose of life? What's the point of life? What? Why am I still here? You can find those answers when you realize where your true source is. When you realize who you look to and who you serve and who your provider is. When you realize at the end of the day that on Christ the solid rock we stand. At the end of the day you can rest assured this is what I'm meant to do. This is who I'm called to be. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.